Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Yesterday morning while I was praying, I feel like the Lord laid something on my heart. And I, I will not be what God has asked me and called me to be if I don't deliver that. I'm going to go back to the book of Psalms, chapter 24. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, this was our text. And I spoke from the subject, Who Shall Ascend and Who Shall Stand? And I feel... Tremendous weight in my heart in truth. And I just want the presence of the Lord to touch us together here in this house. I'm thankful for what we've already heard and I want the presence of God to touch our lives in a special way. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the world, the world and they that dwell therein. For he that hath founded upon the seas and established upon the floods... Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? The question posed in verse number three is answered in the following verses. The, the answer to that question is, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. And uh, today I, I just feel something in my soul and I'm asking the Lord to help me to, I think any speaker can understand this. Sometimes your thoughts, you feel like they're little bubbles out here and I just need the Lord to help me pull this together. And so I am coming to this pulpit, not ill prepared, but I am coming to this pulpit by faith. It is not my intention this morning to just merely re-preach a message that has already been spoken just a few services ago. But I do believe that the Lord has given, is speaking something into our heart. And so if you were here on that Wednesday night, there may be some overlapping statements. But I am asking you to lean in and let the power of God's word be released in our heart here today. Amen. If ever there was a day, if ever a day that God was calling the church, his bride, to godliness, it is the day in which we live. True godliness is harmony or balance between holy principles and holy practices. This word, this book is filled with holy principles. But they are just principles locked away in time if they are not practiced. If we do not take the principles of the word of God Allow that written word, whether we're reading that, it's being preached to us or it is being taught to us, whatever the venue may be that brings the revelation of God's word to us. If we do not allow that word to become a practice in our heart and in our life, then it is absolutely of no value whatsoever. 
In other words, it's an old saying, but we must practice what we preach. Amen. If I were to be preaching one thing and then you were to find me tomorrow just living anything but that, there would certainly be a conflict in your heart. Amen. There would be a very wide chasm, chasm rather, between what's being taught or what's being preached and what's being lived out. And so if the Lord will help me today for just a little while, I want to I want to preach on this subject generation revelation. Generation revelation. Amen. I do not I do not want to allow the holy principles that I mentioned a moment ago. I do not want to allow these holy principles to become holy practices that just somewhere along the line merely become family traditions. Now, I am very thankful, and I, I say this with as m- more humility than you can possibly imagine, but I am very thankful for the privilege to pastor a church that has multiple generations of apostolic believers that are sitting on these pews today. Amen. I am very, very privileged and I feel very honored that the honor of that is not absolutely at all lost to me. But I believe that if we are, uh, if we dare allow the apostolic message or the revelation of who Jesus is to become just a family tradition, then we risk the future generations to come to ever understand the magnitude and the value of what we are declaring from behind this pulpit week in and week out. I think of uh, the story when Joshua was commissioned by the Lord to have the, have the Ark of the Covenant and they were going into the promised land. They came to the river of Jordan which was swelled from its banks. And the Lord had promised Joshua this time similar to the Red Sea. It was going to be another water crossing and it was going to be another miraculous water crossing But in the first instance, Moses just held the rod over the water and the waters parted with a great east wind. But now a little bit different because the Lord said to Joshua that as soon as the sole of the feet, now you read that scripture as slow and methodically as you want to read it, but I like to close my eyes and just envision that promise that when the sole of the feet of the priest touched the water, amen, that that water is going to part And there was a command for him to take 12 men, proven men, tried men. And from the the bottom of that river to get 12 stones. And on the other side of that river to build a monument with those 12 stones. And the Lord said to Joshua, he said, you tell them to build this monument. And these stones shall be for your children. That when your children ask What meaneth these stones? Now, I know a lot of you are a little bit ahead of me in this story, but just dial it back a little bit and stay with me now. That he said, when your children ask, what meaneth these stones? Then you need to tell them exactly what these stones mean. Now, I I believe with all of my heart that the commission of God was not to just tell some rhetorical story. Well, one day here we were. No, I believe that this was to be shared passionately. This is where God brought us about. Now, the first generation, you don't have to worry about the, that first generation being passionate because they were there. The, the dust of that 
dry river crossing was, it stuck to their garment on the way out. They were there and so they understood the power of revelation for them but they bore a tremendous responsibility to share that same passion with the next generation. Amen. To not just let this be a casual thing when we're passing by. Oh, those rocks. Well, I'll tell you about that one day. Or those rocks. Well, one day we were on the other side. Now we had to get across this side. And so the Lord helped us out. Now we're on the other side. No, I believe that there would there was a call, a commission, a plea within the heart of God to say, you got to convey from generation to generation exactly what these stones represent. Because if we do not have a passionate conveyance of what these stones mean, then there's going to come a generation that these stones, it's no longer a monument, it's just a pile of rocks. And then there's going to come a generation after them or two that these rocks are going to be in the way and we're going to need to move these rocks out of the way so we can go on to somewhere else and do something else. And I'm going to tell you today that we are, uh, we are running a great risk when we do not allow the revelation of Jesus Christ to touch our hearts and our lives afresh. Amen. I'm reaching with everything in my soul today to a generation that may be sitting here. You may be in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s. You may even be in your 50s today. But I'm preaching to everybody in this house. But I'm reaching for some folks today. Amen. That you're, you're a little bit down the pike from that initial revelation of someone in your family that where the Spirit of God had really moved in their life. Amen. If we are not careful, it, we, we will lose our appreciation for what the Spirit of God has brought our way. Amen. I have a tremendous uh, appreciation for the history of this local church. I'm not just this local church, but I'm, I'm thankful for the history of this local church. But if this just becomes a tradition, or if this just becomes an inheritance to the second generation, we're soon going to be in trouble because there's a generation behind them that won't have any way and no way to realize the value of what this really may be. I have, I have some tools in my possession, some hand tools. They wouldn't mean anything to a person in this building. And, and, and I've got to be very diligent with my son. I've got to be very diligent to tell him this is where these tools come from. I want you to know what hands held these tools maybe a few decades ago and so you got to understand this is not flea market material this is not something we need to set up down at the end of 349 and 27 and, and just put some kind of paper tag on it or a piece of tape with a magic mark or put a price because in truth if you know the story behind this hand tool then you realize along with me that this is not about money this is not about the $10 you may be able to get or 50 or $100 that you may be able to get Amen. Several years ago now, even even a few decades ago now, the Lord laid something on my heart in prayer. And uh, I'm not saying this is original to me, but I'm just telling you that the Lord gave me this. That to the verse generation, this apostolic truth was a revelation. And it is possible for the second generation to just be in possession of an apostolic message by reason of inheritance that you just grew up in the home of an apostolic mother and an apostolic father and you went, to, uh, you went to youth camps and you went to Sunday school and you did this and you did that in this atmosphere and it just became a, a, an inheritance to you. But if 
that inheritance becomes an inconvenience, can I tell you that the third generation, by the time you get to the third and fourth generation, if it gets the slightest bit inconvenient to us, it won't mean anything to them. And so they will have no trouble picking up the landmark and moving it. Why? Because somebody didn't take the time to sit down and talk to them about how important that if you start moving the landmark just a little bit today, there's a generation coming behind us that's going to be in some real serious trouble tomorrow. I realize that I have shared this story before, but I just feel it in my heart. Some years ago, we were cleaning up some property around here and, and accidentally one of the corner markers got knocked over and, and uh, so there's no need to try to guess where that goes. And so we called the survey company and they came out and I just happened to be standing out there with them when they came, happened to be outside when they came. And so I walked out and, and so the man that was in charge of this went down to where there was a corner marker already there. And so he began, they were on walkie-talkies and, and I was just standing there on the other end hearing just one half of this conversation. And so as the man holding the staff trying to relocate and of course now with GPS makes this a whole lot easier but I just took a lot, I don't know, the Lord just preached to me that afternoon while I was standing there because here was a young man just holding this uh, this staff or this this stake up and, uh, and it was connected to the other end of that GPS and I could hear over that walkie-talkie. He said, just move it just a little bit, a little bit over, okay? You, you went too far now. Move it back just a little bit. And they were just incrementally moving this and finally I heard the man say, right there. Make the mark right there. And that young man took that rod and he began to pound it in the ground right there. We gotta make this right. We gotta get this specific now in my mind I'm thinking we're just out in the middle of a field what's an inch or two here what's an inch or two there but it matters because those of me understood that we're not just talking about you sir amen but right there we're going to bury this we're going to bury this right there we're going to give it a longitude and we're going to give it a latitude and, and, and generations from now when you're not around generations from now should the Lord tarry and somebody said I wonder where the corner of such and such is all they're going to have to do is put out. Amen. And they just start walking. Amen. There's going to be something in their spirit. Amen. That says stop right there. If you just dig right there, that's where it's going to be. I'm going to tell you today, I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost that we feel when we gather into this house. I'm thankful for the liberty that we have to come in and lift our hands without reservation. Amen. There's We're under no threat of tyranny today. We're under no threat of being arrested and hauled out of here. We are we are willing and able to freely worship the Lord, but there may be a generation coming behind us, amen, where the world climate changes so drastically that they have the absence of what we have today, amen, that's why, amen, it's gonna be important. Hey, we got preachers to fill the pulpit to point the way, but what if all they've got is just the Bible, amen, they need to be able to walk out and something in their heart needs to be able to cry out right there, right here, right here is the corner, Right here is the benchmark. Right here is what we're looking for. Amen. We need every generation in this church. Amen. To have the revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, I don't want to offend anybody by calling any names, but amen, if you're offended, don't talk about me over lunch. Come to me after church. Amen. But I'm thankful for the revelation that Sister Yavane Townsend had, that there is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. 
is one. I'm glad for the revelation that she saw. Amen. That you got to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. Amen. Why? Because we need the authority of that name. Amen. I'm glad for the revelation that she had that said, you got to come out of this world and be separate. You got to walk different, talk different, look different, act different. You got to think different. You got to be different. Amen. I'm thankful for that. But it can't be just a family tradition, Brother Kenny Townsend. Amen. Because you've got children. Amen. If it's just a family tradition, then after a while, amen, Brother Darrell may say, well, I don't really understand the importance of all this because we've drifted too far away from the revelation. And I say every generation, amen, this generation needs a revelation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord because there's another generation that needs to know. I see it. Hallelujah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You know why? Because there is another generation. Amen. There is another generation that's got to get a hold of this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We can't turn this into a family tradition. We can't turn this into just something my mama did. We can't let this become something my grandfather did. I want to have a Damascus Road experience for myself. I want to see it for myself. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I... We run the risk of it being a nuisance and an inconvenience. It, it just scares the bananas out of me. When I see people that have people in their family lineage that have a true revelation of the Lord and they drift because somewhere they didn't get it themselves. So I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, when is the last time you prayed until you just lost track of time and the Spirit of God began? I'm talking to Holy Ghost-filled people. Amen. When's the last time you prayed until you spoke in a heavenly language and the Spirit of God began to move in your heart? I'm not talking about at camp meeting. I'm not talking about during a powerful Sunday morning service or a moving Wednesday night service. I'm asking you, when is the last time? I hope, amen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, my, my son will never ever be able to say that his dad was some phenomenal ball player. Amen, he, is, he will never be able to talk about that. He taught me to catch, you, you, you know the story of that. Amen, I, what a backwards world that we grew up in, but somehow he survived all of that. But I want to tell you, a few years ago, my son brought me to tears. Amen, he said, Dad, I can remember when I was a child. I'm testifying, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, he moved me to tears when he said, Dad, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and you would be at the foot of my bed lost in prayer and speaking in tongues and praying over our family and praying for me. I'm going to tell you, that's what I'm after. Amen, I'm going to tell if I never have a gold medal to hang around my neck, if I never win a marathon, if I never win a trophy of being this or that, if I can just somehow say, God, let the power of the Holy Ghost touch the heart of my children. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead and teach them to hunt. Go ahead and teach them to fish. Go ahead and teach them to cook and teach them to sow. But somewhere in the middle of all that, wrap their arms around an altar, wrap their arms around the power of God's word and say, honey, this is what you're going to need if you ever make it. 
you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to need Holy Ghost power. Because every generation needs a revelation. I can't say it enough. I pray often, I don't pray this every day, but I do pray, I say without shame, I pray often. And I think, I pray this prayer often is what I'm saying. And I thank the Lord for my heritage. Amen, some years ago I preached about when the disciples were on the Mount of Olive and the Lord told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry until they be endued with power from on high. That they were only a Sabbath day's journey. That's what the scripture says. They were just a Sabbath day's journey from Jerusalem. A Sabbath day's journey was about a half day's journey. But there were others of them that were coming from as far away as Egypt and, and, and all sorts of distances that were there. Now, I don't know how far you had to travel to get to the foot of the cross. I know some of you went a long, long, long way. We're not here to shame you. We're here to rejoice with you that you found your way. Amen. But I am so thankful. I say this with an humble heart. I promise you I say this with an humble heart. But I'm thankful. I didn't always make the right decisions. I didn't do always do the right things. And I have paid, I feel like in some ways, a severe price for my insurrection as a teenager. But I'm gonna tell you that when it came time, I'm so thankful that I had parents that when I decided and really made up my mind when I was 17 that I'm gonna give my heart and my life and everything I have, I'm gonna throw it into this. I'm glad that my parents had made a path clear. I'm glad that I had Sunday school teachers that kept the that kept the door open. I'm glad I had youth workers that said, I'm not going to stop praying for you. As a matter of fact, somebody that doesn't even attend this church and hasn't attended this church in years, I came across them in a, in a, in a Lowe's somewhere uh, some months ago and I said, you know, I just want to tell you something. I remember one night when I was in the height of just going through some things in my teenage years. I couldn't figure out who I was or where I was or I knew what I wanted to do and serve God with all my heart. That's what I wanted to do. Amen. But like Paul said, what I would, I, what I wanted to do those things that just seemed like I couldn't pull that together and I remember them sitting in the front yard of our home in my mom and dad's yard and I was in the in their automobile and they were talking to me and said you know what and I was being probably a little bit of a smart aleck and I remember them looking at me and pointing their finger and said you cannot stop me from praying for you and I came across them I ran into them in an aisle I hadn't seen them in years and I said you know what I'm so happy to see you I'm so thankful to see you I want to thank you for your prayer I want to thank you for not giving up on me because I am where I am today because somebody kept the path clear Amen. it was just a Sabbath day's journey it wasn't that hard at all. It wasn't that far at all. I'm begging you, mom and dad. I'm reaching for our young families. I'm reaching for some young moms and dads. I'm reaching for some families today. Say, whatever you do, whatever you do, amen, get a revelation of this again. Don't try to live on your grandma's religion. Revelation. Don't try to live on your grandpa's revelation. Don't try to live on your mama's revelation, your daddy's revelation, your aunt or your uncle's revelation. But he is a personal God. He will shine the light of truth. He will shine it in our own hearts. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Amen. I'm thankful for those that brought this way. Amen. I'm praying. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for people I've prayed and 
and said, Lord, I don't even know. I don't even remember all my Sunday school teachers by name. I don't, I'm not proud of that. I don't remember all of them by name, God. But I'm asking you to honor them. I'm asking you, Lord, to, I'm asking, they're, they're not even in this world anymore, but I'm asking you, God, on judgment day to honor them. I'm asking you, God, to put another jewel in their crown on my behalf because they show me the light. Amen. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't yield. Amen. I'm going to tell you, amen, we may be able, and obviously we are, able sometimes by default to inherit some things from our family. We may inherit uh, land or you may inherit house or you may inherit uh, some money, whatever the case may be. But hear me today, you cannot inherit spiritual things. You will never inherit a prayer life. You will never inherit a spiritual appetite. You'll never inherit a love for the word of God. You're going to have to have a personal revelation for yourself. Amen. The preacher can hammer prayer. The preacher can hammer about fasting. The preacher can hammer about reading the word of God. But until you pray and ask God, Lord, open my eyes and give me a love for your word. Give me a love for your truth. Give me a love for prayer. Give me a love for fasting. He said, we have not because we ask not. Amen. I can't afford to fool myself into thinking that I could just simply carry on something spiritual for the sake of carrying on something spiritual. Because after a while we're going to hit a dead end. And I'm going to tell you churches in America are full of this. Because absent the power and the presence of God because you see it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And so you keep having to raise the bar and do something else, do a little more of this to entertain, a little more of this to pull people. I'm going to tell you what a pull people is a move of God. An unadulterated, pure move of God. Well, where are we going to get that? We're going to get that in Revelation. Amen, we're gonna get that in prayer. We're gonna get that in consecration. We're gonna get that in dedication. That's where it's gonna come from. I've gotta have a living, a living, a current relationship with God for myself. Amen, I I, I read a passage the other Wednesday night. I'm gonna read it again today because I find this so alarming. it It just haunted me when I was studying a few weeks ago and came across this passage of scripture again. Isaiah 1 and 15, the Bible says, when you spread forth your hands, the Lord is saying, when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Good Lord. He said, when you make many prayers, I will not hear, for your hands are full of blood. That kind of does something to the the idea that we can just do whatever we want to do and God is just going to hear us because he's obligated to hear us. Amen. God is just going to move because we are calling on his name. But he said, you need to wash you, make you clean, put away your evil, the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. You're going to have to do something if God is going to hear us. Amen. I don't know how it works in your house. I'm not painting my wife out to be anything less than any other lady in this church. If I come in all dirty and dusty, she hey, hey, hey up, up. you going to take that outside. I've been cleaning all day long. Okay, it's just me and you, baby. Just, just me and you. We're the you're, you're the only one with house rules, apparently. 
says, no, no, no. You're not going to do that. You, you got to get rid of all that out there. You're going to take that somewhere else. I'm on my way to try to get clean. Yeah, some of you are getting it. Amen. And if somehow we think we can just come in and God is just going to settle for whatever we bring him. I'm frightened out of my mind. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck today. That is not my intention at all. But I'm frightened out of my mind to think that we think somehow in the culture we have raised a generation that says this will be good enough for God. This will be good enough for him. No, no, no. Amen. God is going to require so much more of that. I was sharing this story just yesterday, but after church on Wednesday night, you heard our missionaries, brother and sister Brian, talking about the orphanage that was just a couple of doors down from their headquarters building and how the young man died there on the street from starvation in that orphanage. They told us a little bit more about the backstory of that uh, of that young man's dying and what had happened and not to get into all of that but when they brought some food down there, the man who was running that orphanage was very crooked. He was not in it for the right reasons at all and so when they brought food in there and they said we want to we want to bring this food and so they asked where are the plates and they had no plates and where are the cups and the bowls they had no cups. Where's the silverware? They had no silverware and the owner of that orphan had said just dump it out there on the floor and they will eat it I mean that flies in your face don't it I mean that just flew all over me you think what in the world they did shut that orphanage down by the way amen but you just think what in the world and sometimes that's what we do to God amen we're just going to come in I'm not really prepared I'm just going to throw out a little bit of something and maybe God will just eat it I'm going to tell you he deserves the finest he deserves the very best amen I ask every minister in this church I ask every singer in this church I ask every musician in this church every teacher every leader in this church my God in heaven amen don't just offer God something from your hip amen don't just try to pull out something willy nilly amen when we walk to this pulpit may God have touched our lips with a brand of iron hot off the altar amen may God have touched us why because we need a revelation in every generation in every generation amen 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 We need the revelation of God to touch our heart. The story and the history of your family, I'm sure, is rich. Perhaps if you're multi-generational, if you're the first generation, guess what? You get to create your own. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You're going to be the name that's called. You're going to be the reference point in your family. You're going to be the benchmark in your family. My God, hallelujah. Amen, isn't that awesome? Amen, I look back, I see Richard today. Amen, I see Jessica today. Amen, and you know what? The Spirit of God has done a mighty work and doing a mighty work in their life. Amen, maybe their first generation. Amen, don't you feel bad at all because I'm talking about multiple generation of apostolic people. I'm gonna tell you, you get to write. Amen, so I'm just gonna tell you, Richard, set the benchmark careful because there's a generation that's gotta find it. Amen, Jessica, set the benchmark careful. Be careful when you drive it down because there's a generation of friends and family that's coming. But I need my own revelation. Hallelujah. I may not always have you. John, John was, he was, uh, he was exiled to an isle called Patmos. But I wonder what kept him. Amen, I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't a choir. Amen, I'm not being disparaging. I'll tell you what kept him. It wasn't a general conference schedule. It wasn't camp meeting that kept him. Amen, what kept him? What kept him on the Isle of Patmos is because John, he had seen that rep, that 
revelator. Amen. He had, he had opened his eyes. He had touched him. He had beheld him. And when there was nobody there to keep him, the word of revelation, the power of God's spirit kept him. Not only did it just preserve him where he barely made it, but he was able to write the book of Revelation. And God moved mightily in his life when he was at the lowest point of his life. What kept him was his own personal revelation. Praise God. Amen. The Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. We must have the Spirit of God. Amen. This anointing teaches you, John says, in 1 John 2.27, this anointing teacheth you all things and is truth and is no lie. That's what the Spirit of God will do. Amen. There is something about actual experience that cannot compare to anything else. Because a man is never at the mercy, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of someone else that only has an argument. I am very thankful. I've, I've shared this a few times. But I'm very thankful. My mom and dad, you know, would make me go to bed at a certain time and they'd have company over. My mom and dad were the were at least one of the families in the church that often kept guest speakers in our home. And so they would stay up late at night and they would be talking. And the way our house is laid out, I could, I'd act like I was going to bed. I'm not proud of this. But I'd crawl back down the hallway and I would sit, not trying to be rebellious. I just loved hearing people talk about the work of God. I'm being very serious. Not sanctimonious, I'm being very serious. And so I, I grew up hearing those stories and hearing them talk about the Spirit of God moving and, and what God would do in their life. And I cherish those memories more than I could ever convey. But there came a time in my life where I had to have my own stories. <laughs> I had to have my own stories. Where the Spirit of the Lord just intervened in ways that it, it, was, it could have been nothing but God. Not something that we probably could twist around and we might could make this a miracle, but it's where God just pushed everything back out of the way and he waded out into our life and our situation. And then we realize that God really will keep you in times of uncertainty. And God really will make a way where there is no way. I remember our son when he was young was in the hospital one time and and, and we, we, what we were facing with him, we, our, our insurance policy at the time did not cover that particular thing. We didn't know what we were going to do. And while I was sitting in the waiting room, the Lord quickened to my mind that I went to, or used to work with someone that now worked at the hospital. And I thought, I'm just going to go down and Hadn't seen them in years. And I'm just going to just see if they know anything. I don't know what department they work in. I have no idea about any of this. I hadn't talked to them in years. I hadn't even thought of this story in years until now. And so I started asking around. So, oh, yeah, she works down in this office. And went down in the office. And after a few pleasantries, she said, well, what are you doing here? So I began to tell her. And uh, I said, I don't know what to do because our insurance don't cover this. She said, hang on just a minute. 
And she knew of a plan and a program that would help us. And before it was all said and done, God, God paid that bill 100%. But at some point, you've got to get your own story. I realized right then, my Sunday school teacher wasn't blowing smoke when she said, God will take care of you. I realized right then, I realized in a moment of time that God will keep you, God will protect you, God will take care of you. He is a provider, amen. God will comfort you, amen. I, I know we can tell stories like that. Everybody likes those stories, but I'm gonna tell you in the midnight hour when you felt like a panic attack was welling up in your heart, amen, and I began to pray and the spirit of the Lord just began to calm and bring peace back in our home because we didn't know what we were facing and what we were going through. I realized that the preacher wasn't just up there making a living, that the preacher wasn't just up there batting his gums. The preacher wasn't up there just taking time, but he was sharing the infallible truths of God's word. Yesterday afternoon, I I was sitting in, in in our den and I was preparing today for this service and I just began to, I just stopped and I just got to thanking the Lord. I just said, Lord, I thank you. I just thank you. My mind went back and I'm not gonna bore you with all the stories and the times that God has just stepped in our life and he has just, he has just made a way where there was no way. And out of nowhere, I mean this, out of nowhere, an old song came to my mind. And I just leaned back in my chair and I said, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. (laughs) I'm glad I know who Jesus is. He's more than just a story. He is the king of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Amen, I just sat there a little while, I just sat there a little while and I began to reminisce about a few more things that God had done in my life and I was just so grateful. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Oh yes, he's more than just a story. He is the king of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Oh, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Oh, he's more than just a story. He is the king of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Amen, amen, amen. The bridge of that song, I don't know how this goes, but the bridge says this. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's a counselor delivered to me, the everlasting Father. He is the King of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Can I tell you today that we need a revelation of who he is? 
We need a revelation of who he is. We need a revelation of who he is. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that we need the spirit of God to move in our heart. My Lord, I don't know how to convey what's in my, my soul. I don't know how to convey what's in my soul. Would you be seated just a few more minutes without being crushed? I say get all that you, we are to admonish our children to get all that they can get. Get all the education they can get. Succeed in, in, your, in your secular job and market and things of that nature. Whatever that may be, be as much as you can be. But don't do all that without a revelation of who he is. Because we still need school teachers that stand in classrooms that have been baptized in his name and filled with the spirit. And while the law may dictate what they may or may not be able to say, the law can't do anything about spiritual conveyance. And let the spirit of God touch our heart. Amen. In a corporate office, we need still people to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, anointed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Not that they know something about this. They heard this, but they need to go there Monday morning. Amen. When they were just speaking in other tongues on Sunday morning. Amen. The power of God still flowing in their heart and in their lives. Amen. They need to show up, show up on work sites and wherever they may be, anointed of God. And that goes for everybody in this house. In Colossians 1.23, Paul admonished the church to be grounded and settled in the faith and not to move away from the hope of the gospel that they have heard grounded amen endurance it's endurance we got to hold on we got to be grounded we got to hold on to the faith and don't move away from the hope of the gospel you know what brought us this far we just kept running we just kept walking what a cool story this morning. A man breaks a world record because he didn't know to stop. <laughs> I didn't know you could stop. Amen. What a cool thing to get to heaven and say, how'd you make it? I didn't know you could stop. I just kept walking. I just kept going. Amen, I didn't know, I didn't know. Nobody told me, well, let's not let the word get out. That you don't stop, you just keep going. You just keep going. You just keep going. If you could lift the veil of yesterday, you would see scars all in this building. These people are not going because they never had a rainy day. They're not still here decades later because nothing in their life was ever wrinkled or nothing. no dreams were shattered, no hopes were ever put on the shelf. But when their world fell apart around them, they held on to his unchanging hand and there may have been days they felt like a rag doll blowing in the wind but they was holding to the unchanging hand of God amen and this is where I'm trying to go and, and, and I was here on this Wednesday night but a few weeks ago but when, when the Lord himself and his ministry and people were leaving by the droves as long as the fishes and the loaves were coming as long as signs and miracles and wonders there were thousands of followers. And then people started falling away and falling away and falling away until it's just as he's back where he started, really. And he says, will you go also? 
I like the courage. I, I saw this this morning. I don't know how many may have seen this. But somebody posted a little picture on Facebook and it was a, a, a um, swan or a goose or something that was standing against bulls and cows in a pen. Anybody see that? You see that? Yeah, and, and these little, like a swan, was it a swan maybe? And the little bull calves. And, they, and I mean, she just went and backed down and these, they'd buck their head and she'd just stand there. And somebody put a caption that says, all you need is about 20 seconds of just sheer endurance. I mean, that's all you need. Because just a couple of bluffs and they would go away. Just a couple of bluffs. And you know what? Sometimes that's all you need is just the endurance to just stand one more day. Just one more day. And so when Jesus looked and said, are you going to run? Are you going to leave me also? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom else would we go? Thou hast the words to eternal life. I love that part. But on the heels of that, what I really, really, really love is verse 69 because it's here that Simon Peter says, and we, not I, we, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. That's why we have nowhere else to go because we have a revelation of who you are. Amen. And so every generation needs a fresh anointed touch from the Lord. And I'm not just referring to a blessing during a special service or a series of service, but I'm reaching for moms and dads that need to make time to pray. Amen. I want to tell you something. Prayer is like putting money in the bank. Amen. You don't want to wait until the house is on fire to develop a prayer life. Amen. You need to make time to get along with God and allow his word to pierce our heart asunder. We need to make time for his voice to speak in our life. And I'm speaking to everybody. And so I'm going to ask us again, when's the last time that you just spoke in tongues? I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues for the sake of speaking in tongues. I hope you get what I'm saying. When's the last time we just let the spirit of God touch us? When is the last time you were reading the word of the Lord and you just had a wow moment to say, his word is true. His word is true. You see, church cannot and must not become a place of just mere socializing and entertainment because if our lives are filled with activities but our personal prayer life is anemic, we're going to be in trouble. As a matter of fact, you are in trouble. The community here and the community in which you live deserves to have someone that has a fresh glow of the Holy Ghost showing on their face. You see, when Moses came down the mountain from 40 days alone with God, every man, woman, boy, and girl could tell instantly that there's something different about the Moses that's coming down than there is about the Moses that went up. And I believe that we need to let that difference be the power of God, and it can change us. David was changed, and he said, I will never forget thy precepts. For with them thou hast quickened me. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Let's stand. Would you do that? I'm going to close this morning with what I closed with that Wednesday. I think it's, it should shake us to our core. Not because I'm preaching it. But it should shake us to our core because... In the book of 1 Samuel, we're introduced to a man by the name of Eli, a priest.
a man that had given himself to the work of the Lord, there is absolutely no doubt he was God's man of the hour. But Eli had two sons named Hophni and Phinehas. They watched their dad all their life. Everybody they went to school with knew that they were the sons of a priest. They had imminent and intimate knowledge of their father's vocation and calling. Raised around the temple. But yet they did not know the God of their father. What a paralyzing passage of scripture that says that the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial for they knew not the Lord. Belial means devil. Amen. They were the sons of Satan and the sons of the priest. How conflicting. You see, we can't just, I'm, I'm saying moms and dads today, but any influencer, grandparents, aunts and uncles, we can't just assume because we dropped our children off at Sunday school. Do you understand what an uphill battle we're in today? If we took our children to everything that happened in the United Pentecostal Church, not just in Florida, but all across our nation, if we took them to every event, I mean, that's impossible. If we took them to every event, they are still, percentage-wise, bathed in so much more of the world than they would ever be in the church, in a corporate setting of a church. So we can't just push them into a Sunday school class, pull the door, and just, you know, through the window, just say, good luck, says Amy. No. No. Amen. I believe we ought to lay our hands on our children and pray and ask God to touch them. It's never too early and never too late. Amen. If there's breath, there's hope. Amen. Here are men that were in the temple, but they did not know the Lord. Amen. They did not know the Lord. Praise God. And would you just lift your hands? I don't really know what the Lord would do here for us today. But I pray God's anointing would just rest. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.